visitors, you're welcome. Great having you with us. I trust you all had a good rest over December and that you enjoyed your family and your friends and that you ate a lot like I did. And now I've got to work on, on these issues. So, there's um, load shedding. <laughs> Talking about load shedding, um, we might be involved in load shedding from next week. But we're carrying on like normal. We will have um, alternative uh, electricity by generator. We will have something. But we will carry on like normal. If you hear there's load shedding, then uh, praise God. Nothing stops. We're just carrying on like normal. All right. Last year, I, went, I had to go back on what the Lord shared with us last year. In February... We shared a couple of things, and I just want to remind us of this. And you remember that I think, <clears throat> Ari reminded me of it. I said that the only constant thing that we're going to experience in 22 is change. It's the only constant thing there will be, is change. And if we look back at 22, God has changed us quite a lot. Eh? He's really changed the hearts. He's really rattled us. There was a shaking. And that shaking helped us to move on and do what God wanted us to do. And if you remember, we used the, the, the book of Joshua just to say, God wants to give us the land. He wants to give us the promised land. Now, when we think about the promised land, we think uh, uh, Mossel Bay, we think uh, South Africa, we, we, we think geographically. But actually, what it means is God says, I want the promised land for us as a church is to be able to, to get everybody back into God's original plan. Back into His presence. Where the church become more effective. Where we, where we enjoy the fullness of Christ. Again. Which, up till now, I don't think any church has experienced the fullness of Christ. And because of the churches. And including us, has not done our job properly. Then, then people grab to ministries and, and things to, to satisfy themselves and to reach people. And it shouldn't be like that. Revivals should start here amongst the people of God, in God's family. And we've seen how God has changed things. There was 10 things I, I'm just going to mention them. We need to move out of the desert. Secondly, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, we need to share. We, we need to have faith. Fourthly, be obedient. It's going to be scary. Always remember what God has done. God will create fear in the enemy's hearts. And you will be vulnerable before the enemy. And God's instructions are not always make sense. And kill everything when God gives you. Don't leave one demon standing. So those things we've experienced in 22, it was a year of shaking. God loosened us from, from the things we were holding on to. The things that gave us stability, like a house, like a car, like a salary, like, like we're comfortable here in the church. We, we've been holding on to that stuff. And in 22, God says, I, I, I've shaken those things. So we actually... At this point of, of, of time, are standing on moving 
ice. Everything is moving under us. And that's exciting. Because what we stand on shouldn't be our stability. It's what we look up to should be our ability and stability. And that's Jesus Christ. Not what we stand on. Even if I stand on a surfboard, and I believe if I try to stand on a surfboard now, I might struggle for a while. That's why I look up. I pray more when I go surfing now than ever before. Because I've got to try and stand up again. So the summary of, of, of 22 was a shaking. But one thing we've done, what the Lord said to me, one thing you've done wonderfully as a church, you started trusting my spirit. You start trusting my spirit. And you've noticed in 22, our services, we've been really allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and show us the way. He says, you've done well in that. But now they've got to go balance because we've got to be in truth and in spirit. And, and when I look at 2023, I said, Lord, what do you want for this year? Now, last year, I started engaging. Lord, what do you want for 2023? And the Lord said to me, I want you to mobilize my church. We need to mobilize the church. It means it's going to be a year of training. He wants to equip us and get us ready. He wants the church to be more effective. If, if you want to know how to not do it, then go to church history. Church history tells us not how, to, how we shouldn't do it. But if you look up to the Holy Spirit, He said, I'll do something new. You have to renew your mind. You can't walk forward looking back. Because you're going to bump into everything. He says, look at me. I'll show you the way where you need to go. And it's not a difficult thing. It's not a difficult thing. So, if we talk about mobilization, if God says, mobilize my people, what does it mean? What does it really mean to be mobilized? So, when I go back to military terms, to be mobilized means that there's an operation. There's a task, a specific task God wants us to do. So the first thing we do, we assemble everybody that's going to be involved. So all the troops and all the officers and non-commissioned officers and all the leaders get together at one place. And the first thing we do is we cast vision. We say the purpose of this operation, the higher purpose is this and the lower purpose where you fit in is this and this is what expected of us. And then we start with the training. And the training is we check on the basics. We check that, that everybody is tuned in with the basic things. And then we go into specialized tasks so that everybody can be trained in specialized tasks. And then we wait for the time. And when the time is ready for us to go, we, we move and we act together in unity. And I believe this is the vision I want to give us as a church for this year is that we need to get ready to be mobilized. Okay, so what does it look like to be mobilized? Firstly, I want to cast this vision in the sense of what is God's purpose 
for the church. Do you know what's God's purpose for the church? Because there's a saying, if you don't know what's the purpose of something, you're going to misuse it, right? So I think I used it a while ago, you cannot cook a meal in a washing machine. You're going to misuse it. It's going to look very funny inside and what comes out is going to be all mixed up. I remember in the beginning when we got married, uh, I'm a meat eater, rice, flesh, or tuples. And then Angelique is a, is a, is a, is a, is a uh, veggie queen. So I would not eat my veggies. And then she would take my veggies and she will grate it into my food and mix it up. So at least I got it in. Okay? So I learned to eat veggies. And the older I get, the more greener I become. So it's a good thing. But we need to know what is the purpose. God's purpose with the church. That's our higher, highest purpose and vision that we need to focus on. And that is the following. God's plan is to get everybody back to his original plan. Like in Genesis, we read about it. Adam and Eve dwelt with God at the cool of day. That's morning and evening. They walked with Father God. They walked with Him in the garden. And then there's a mess up because of sin. And then we only see in Genesis 22, where the Father will be amongst us again. And we will be able to walk with Father God. I mean with Moses. He couldn't look at the Father. He had to hide in a cliff. Is that right? Not to see. Turn his back. Because I mean you, you will fall down dead when they see God. But just imagine it. In the original plan of God. You got life when you're in his presence. Like Adam and Eve. And we're going to see it again in Genesis 22. But for now. God's purpose for the church is to come and to, to restore his original plan. Okay? Can you see where we're going? God says, I want to restore people to freely move in my presence and enjoy me. That's what the Lord wants. So what is our purpose? How are we going to accomplish that? And that is very simple what Jesus said in Matthew 28. 18 to 20. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven has been given to me. Go, through, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I will be with you until the end of the age. So what is our purpose? Our purpose is supposed to go out and make disciples. Of all nations. So what should we do? We should get out there. And go and live. Among the world. What do we normally teach? We gather here. And we huddle together. And it's like a savior. And hallelujah. And the poor world is dying out there. And Jesus said. Go out and make disciples. Meaning, make people follow me, said Jesus. That's what we should do. 
which you do go out there. So that's our purpose. So for this operation, for 2023, God's ops operation is going to be back to basics. Go out and make disciples of all nations. Get them saved. Get them baptized. Get them filled with the Holy Spirit. So that they freely can come into His presence. So that we can fill the church and equip the people. That's what He wants us to do. So you do understand those purposes. That's the first thing we're going to do. Then we're going to start training. So how are we going to start training? When Jesus ascended, it says in Ephesians 4.8, when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to men. And then it refers to Psalm 68, verse 18. And I went to that as well, and I got confused. And I, I think I shared with some of the elders, said, um, you know, I'm confused. Because they're quoting the scripture wrong. They're quoting Psalm 68 wrong. Because in Psalm 68, it says, um, do we, uh, Psalm 68, you ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. That's the closest we can get. Not really. That version. But it actually says then in Ephesians 4 verse 8 that Jesus gave gifts to men. And when I read all the other versions of Psalm 68, it says, and men gave gifts to him. And I got shocked. I really got shocked. Because if the Bible in certain versions can make uh, mishaps of the meaning of from men instead of for men. Do you understand where I'm going? I don't want to get too deep in theology right now. But do you understand what's the, what's the difference? They didn't give Jesus any gifts. In Psalm 68 it referred to the Father. Gave gifts to Jesus. So that in Ephesians, Jesus could give gifts to men. Does that make sense? And the King James Version is the only version that really spells it out correctly. He received gifts for men. The Living Bible also says it correctly. NIV missed it. The other versions missed it. And I'm worried about that. So be careful when you read the Bible. You've got to listen in the Spirit. You've got to check according to the character of God. What does it say? Sorry, that was for free. Let me, let me, let me carry on. I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here. So what is the gift that Jesus gave? When he ascended. When he was taken up into heaven. What is the gift that he gave? Ephesians 4, 11. Apostles. Prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers. That's the gift he gave. If you're not in Josh Jen and you're part of 4.12, what does that mean? Ephesians 
4.12. What does Ephesians 4.12 say? The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Wow! You got that. We say it every day, but we don't understand what we're saying. So Jesus gave gifts to the church, to men. So that all saints and everybody can be trained and equipped for the work of the ministry. That's why it's been given. So when you talk about 412, the only thing we think 412, okay, it's all the churches that relate to Josh Jen that want to be under their own name. But we live the same values. But we forget it's based upon 412. It, Ephesians 4.12 is to equip. So why are we as elders here? Why are the leaders in the church? It's to equip the saints. Have you ever seen an army where only the generals and the officers and the non-commissioned officers are trained? Not one of the troops are trained. They don't even know how to shoot. They don't even know where to put the bullet. Do you think you can win uh, a fight. We cannot win a battle. So we've been building the churches in general up to now where the leadership was highly qualified. But the troops do not know what to do. We don't train the troops. And we expect to be the answer to the world out there. Now I sound harsh at the moment. But do you realize what it means when God says, I want you to mobilize my church. I want you to be more effective. So before we can start with training, I've given you the vision. So before we can start with training, we must make sure that you're part of the army. How do we do that? What is the basic things? Are you saved? Is Jesus your king and your savior? That's the question. Have you been baptized with water? Not sprinkling. Baptized. Baptism. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you're not one of those, you're not part of the army. And if you're not in the army and we're going to battle, you're going to find yourself in the middle of nowhere, with no communication with anything or anybody, and you will be taken out when the first bullet falls, it will be on you. So what am I saying? You need to be part of the church. Can we close our eyes? I'm going to be bold now. If you're sitting here and you say, yes, I, 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 I hear what, what, what you're saying and I hear what, what, what the Lord wants to do, but, but um, I, I go to church and I read my Bible and I pray and I've got quiet times, but uh, I know about Jesus, but I haven't got an intimate relationship with Him. When you talk about Jesus, my, my legs don't go lame. When you talk about Jesus, my hands don't go sweaty. When you talk about Jesus, my heart doesn't ponder. It, it, it's just the name. If that is you, 
Today is the day that you can make that change. And say, Lord, I don't only want to know you. What's your name? I want to be intimate with you. I want to have a relationship with you. And if that's you, this is the chance to do it. And the Lord says, ask and you will receive. And the only thing you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your life. So where you're sitting right now, if you're not sure that, that, that you're in God's army, um, you thought you were, but I'm telling you now, if Jesus is not your king, you, you, you're not part of his army. You're enemy. Oh, jy is a light troop wat net die achter die voertuig in die tank aan haar klop. If that's you, and you say, Lord, I want to become part of your army. Just pray this prayer. And the prayer goes like this. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Be my king and my savior. Lord, I give it to you. I give everything I am. I give to you. Because I want to be led by you, Jesus. And I ask, thank you, Lord, that now I am your son and your daughter. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my king. And thank you, Lord, that through your spirit, I will be guided to do the things in my life to please you. Amen. Who prayed that prayer? Just put up your hand. Who prayed that prayer? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Was that difficult? If the purpose of something is known, the abuse of it is inevitable. So if you know the purpose of something, you cannot abuse it. And it's as simple as this. To be part of the army of God, you need to be saved, you need to be baptized, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's it. Now you're part of the army. Wonderful. Seven people responded. I'm not going to make a big issue of that. But for you, it is a massive thing. You just changed from death to life. Amazing. It's amazing. But what is important now is, is that is the first training we need to do. That's the first training we need to do. How many of you know how to pray for somebody to receive Christ? How many of you know how to minister to somebody to receive Christ? How many of you know how to, to minister to somebody to be baptized? How many of you know how to, to minister to somebody to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Because we're putting the focus on wrong things. We want to put our focus on ministry. How can I look before the Lord? How can I look in front of people? I want to be like Amesley, standing in front there, leading a church and preaching and be excited about the Lord. Man, I'm worse than you. Without you, I'm nothing. Without Christ, I'm zilt. But because of you, I've got an opportunity to live out what Christ has given me. But if we can't do the basics, so we've got to start this year to train the church how to lead somebody to Christ. We've got to train each one of you 
How do you minister to somebody? To be baptized. We've got to train you how to minister to somebody to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Normally we wait for the leaders to do that. You shouldn't. The leader's job is to equip the saints. People need to be led by the Lord by you as saints. That's what it's all about. And that's what makes it so exciting. Stick to what is important. Make disciples of all nations. Leading them to the Lord. Getting them baptized. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. So that they can be trained. And become effective. And do the same. That's the basics. Then we're training of leadership. Elders, deacons, com leaders, kids church workers, worship team. That's what we most of our time go in there. So I'm telling you, the leaders of this church is well equipped. But I mean, Greg has been, been feeling in his heart since last year. We need to train more the com leaders. And we're going to. We've got to train the leaders to manage the church. But we need to start to equip the saints to win the battle. To do the job on the ground. That's what we should do. One Corinthians 12. The Holy Spirit gave gifts. You know now what's the gift Jesus gave. It's the fivefold ministry. You got that? He gave that when he ascended up into heaven. 1 Corinthians 12. When the Holy Spirit came, he gave gifts to men. To do what? To build the church. To strengthen the church. To get people into the kingdom of God. To train them. So who's sitting with the big weapons? A general carry a small 9mm pistol. And he only used that when the troops have failed. To shoot himself. No. <laughs> but the higher you go up in rank, the smaller your weapon is. The lower in rank you are, the bigger the weapon is. So if you're sitting here in this church... Thinking, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'm a failure. I'm telling you, you're carrying a cannon. You're a cannon. You're a massive instrument in God's hands. So why does everybody want to be a pastor? Why does everybody want to be an evangelist? Why does everybody want to be a leader in the church? You're only going to get a peace shooter and you're going to just go blow collar on the enemy. He wants you to kill the enemy. So don't look at the position, but look at the weapon that God has given you. And yes, weapon sitting here that is, will take the enemy out anytime. So how are we going to win this battle? And I'm, I'm slowly getting into a, into a landing now. How are we going to win this battle? You know what's the biggest problem with Christians? As we go into the presence of God. 
and God hears us and we're in the throne room. You remember what I said? I wonder what the throne room smells like. It smells like what we take in there. And it should be a fragrance in God's, in God's presence. But we go into the presence of God and God speaks to us and He reveals these great things to us. And what do we do? We go look for a high place. We say, whoa, let, let everybody see me. Oi, come, come. And the people look at them and say, what? Where? We can't even see what you're doing. So stop calling people. God didn't call us to call people. Have you ever seen Jesus walk on earth and say, come, come? No. They came by themselves. Why? Because the light Jesus loved lived among them. Let them come to Jesus. So how are we going to evangelize? How are we going to get people into church? We need to learn the principle in the gospel. Is we need to go from the place where God spoke to us. Go back downhill to where the people are. Go to their level. Build relationship with them. And convince them by the way you live. That Jesus is the answer. And they must make a decision to walk the road with you to where God wants them to go. But what do we want to do? Come. We don't even know where we are. And when we go, and that's what, my, I'm an evangelist as well. I get fed up with this. We go into Africa. We want to load people into the bus and say, I'll take you to Jesus. And the whole bus go like this, the rebellious they are. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Yes, food. Okay, then I'll go. <laughs> but what we have to offer when we live amongst the people, must convince them, boy, 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 what I see in Diona, what I see in Ariana, I, I want to go there. What do you got? There's something there. Who, what God are you serving? I want to serve that God. I want to serve that God. That's where I want to go. So how are we going to win this war? It's we have to go and live among the unsaved. And we've got to convince them that the way we live is the answer. And get involved. Yes, some of us, that's too scared to talk to people about Jesus. But you're not scared. When they've got a flat tire to stop and say, can I help you? Yes, some of you that's too scared to minister to people in confidence. But when they're sick, you're willing to take some food. To say, here's some food. I see you're sick, you can't help me. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you some food. Yes, some of you that don't believe in yourself, but you know what? When you see the preacher gets tired here, yeah, you, you run out and get a glass of water and come put it down here. Yeah. You're good at that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, some of you like Sean. Sean May. For three years now, he's been pushing this thing off. Let's talk about Jesus. What's the drive in him? It's to get people saved. And we had the thing out in, in, in Donna Bay. And talking about Jesus. And for three nights. And yes, people sitting amongst us. That got introduced to Josh Chen there. But everybody there was saved. So what did Sean do? 
He came back to us. And he said, it was difficult doing it. I'm not ready. Can you train me? Say yes. Now we're going to do it. Do you understand when you come to me and say, I, I feel the Lord say we must do that. I said, go, do it. But you do it without support. Why? I want to see if you heard the Lord right. If you heard the Lord right, it, things are, there, there's going to be some light there. And when we see there's some light there, we bring in the resources and we support you. That's why on the 27th, 28th, 29th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to have talking about Jesus back in Donabai. January. Did I say that? What did I say? <laughs> you know what? I must tell you this. Last night, about 9 o'clock, the sermon that I prepared for today, last year already, got changed. I said, you don't preach that anymore. So I said, Lord, help. You didn't answer me. So what does a good husband do? Wife, help. <laughs> the word says, if you find a wife, you find a good thing. I found a good thing. And she helped me. And I said, this is what the Lord laid on my heart, but I don't know how to express this. I'm... And she gave a couple of pointers, and I was rude. I said, thank you very much. She still wanted to carry her on, and I said, no, 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 I've got it, I've got it. I put my headphones on, and I said, Lord, now, now, okay, talk to me. So that preach is gone. It's fraught. That's why maybe when I read it last night, I realized, wow, it's like, whom, whom. there's nothing in it. And the Lord changed everything. So on, on that Saturday night, after Friday night, we're going to preach to the people on the crucifixion of Christ. Why did Jesus Christ die? And on the Saturday night, we're going to preach on what happened between the crucifixion and, and when Jesus was ascended into heaven. And on the Sunday night, we're going to preach on what happened when Jesus ascended on high. And we're going to throw out the net. And we're going to invite unsaved people. Unsaved people might also be, be, be in a church that might not have a relationship with the Lord. So what do we want you to do? I'm going to do the preaching. And Sean's going to be there and whoever wants to be there. I, but the most important thing, if you know of people in Donabai, if you've got friends there, if you've got family there, if you know about people there, invite them to those three nights. We're going to throw out the net. We don't want to fill just Jen. We want to fill the kingdom of God. If they're from another church, we want to fill them with the Spirit and go back there. By the way, what happened there the, the previous time is um, there's an Inge church right next to, the, to, the, to that hall where the AGS has got their meeting in the morning. And what happened is they're working on... <laughs> on, on uh, Wi-Fi and the signal got mixed up and in the Enge church picked up the signal of the AGS pastor preaching brimstone and fire. <laughs> so at a time the Domini arrived there and he was quite upset because, and that can happen, but, but, but what is important is we've got to get the gospel out there. So 
please come and support. But bring unsaved people. We want unsaved people there. Not saved people. Bring saved people here. But when we reach out, let's take unsaved people there. That we can minister to them. Where's the areas that you can get involved? I'm going to read a few. Evangelism. Just what I talked about. Prayer. You know, when, when Angelica and myself were running the young adults in community church then, we had prayer walks. I think we had 60 somewhere there young adults. And we would go on prayer walks. And it's in that time of the outpouring of the Spirit. So we walked downtown and then we started to pray for every church. And I remembered we started with the Enchia church there. And we're standing outside the Enchia church and we start praying. And as we start praying, people start falling. They all fell over. And I was standing there and I thought, what on earth is going on? They were lying all over the place. People driving past there and look, what is going on here? There's people sitting against the fence. And when they open the... Oh Lord, bless the church. I, I wonder what people thought. It was chaos. But we had prayer walks in town. The young people, the youth, we went on prayer walks. Climbing the town for Jesus. So by the time we went for outreaches there, there was results. So I want to challenge the youth and the young adults. Go do prayer walks in Donabai. We would love to plant a church in Donabai. We would love to plant a church in Grutbrock. Drive out there on a Friday and go and pray on a Saturday. Go walk those streets. Pray and claim the place for Jesus. But just get involved. Worship. Kids church. Youth. Young adults. Truth tribe. Ladies ministry. Men's ministry. Discipling new believers. Visiting the sick. Visiting the elderly. Visiting the lonely. That's me. Um, invi <laughs> inviting. No, no, yeah, the elderly. <laughs> inviting visitors for meals. Handyman for the widows. Hosting visitors. Babysitting kids. Grocery runs for the elderly. Packing chairs. And I can go on. And I can go on. And I can go on. Don't come to the leadership and say, look at the ministry I've got. Can you use me? Sorry. We always say, lay it down. <laughs> but Trevor, the Lord spoke to Trevor and he's got so beautiful. It's break it open before the Lord so he can show you when, where and how. But for up till then, let's do what we need to do. If it's just carrying a glass of water, do that. But just get involved. Go to your com leader and say, where can I get involved? Com leaders, don't run away when somebody says that. They're not asking to preach. They know, maybe they are. But says, okay, we're going to get there. But until now, come and wash the people's feet. Let's go to the hospital. Let's pray for the sick. Can I ask all the widows? Just put up your hands. Look at that. Look at that. And I can guarantee you, tools in their hands, they're dangerous with it. <laughs> so guys, we need to go and help them. There's things to be fixed. But let us get involved. Let us, let us take up our, our arms. And let's help one another. Let's make the church more effective. Stop thinking, where can I preach? Because the word says, Obedience 
is better than sacrifice. You can kill a bull or a ram and lay it on the altar. You can even raise the dead. Watch this. You will be able to raise the dead. Have you, have you ever thought of that? Here's a hearse coming past. Stop, stop, stop. Open up. Open up the hearse. Open. Now, what do you think the people around you will do? Whoa. Say, raise up in Jesus' name. Here's the person coming up. People will cheer. But if you don't love God and you don't love your neighbor, Jesus will tell you, I don't know you. Go away from me. So it's not what we do. It's why we do things. And the reason why we do things is the first thing God created us for is to reflect Him. Like you've heard Eugene say, it's, it's, to, it's to love Him, adore Him, worship Him, be a fragrance to Him. That's what God called us for. So I beg you, if you're not part of a church and you're sitting here, get a church. Get a church. Get into a small group because that's where life is happening. Get your hands dirty. Just go to the hospital and say, is there any sick people? Can we pray for them? What do you think will happen when you get there? And they say, is there any sick people? They said, no. There's no sick people. He said, why? Is something happened this morning. Everybody's home. I do go and pray for somebody the other day when I got to the, to the, I prayed at home, Lord, please heal this person, bless this person. And then at, two days later, I went to the hospital and said, I want to go and visit this person. He said, no, they're home. That's how it should be. They healed. Why? Because we prayed. Yeah, some of you that's good prayer warriors. There's some of you that know the word well. There's some of you that can teach. There's some of you that play golf well. Like Carl. <laughs> I love going to, uh, to play golf with Carl. And I still want to play with this Carl as well. But I'm still, I'm still practicing. I'm still practicing. <laughs> but you know, Carl talks on your hand when you play. Because he wants to put pressure on you so that you can, he afterwards says, well done. I put pressure on you and you survived. Hey, isn't that great? So I love going with him. He always inspires me. I had a wonderful shot the other day. And he clapped hands. He said, I've never seen anybody on this particular hole or many, few people that landed on the green with a second shot. And I was thinking, wow, yeah, that is great. But I, know, I don't know what happened. The only thing I know, I prayed like crazy. <laughs> but get involved, please. I beg you, get involved. Get involved in the church. Don't be a recce. You know what's a recce? It's not an elastic band. In the army, they're called reckies. And we see in the, in the movies, a recce goes out there and he, he, he kills people. No, man. A recce's focus is to go out there and get information. Slip into the enemy's camp among them. Get the information. Bring the information back so that the army can go and kill the enemy.
Rekis are not supposed to make contact with the enemy. But we all want to be Rekis. We all want to go minister there on our own. We all want to have this ministry out there and do things on our own. And when we catch the fish, it's like a dog catching a bus. You don't know what to do with it. You need to be part of a church. I hear so many people, the church has hurt me. Get over it. Get over it. Are we going to hurt you most probably? But we don't mean it. The people that hurt you, hurt you most probably because they didn't know better. So I beg you, let's trust one another. Let's build the kingdom. Let's get involved. I want each and every one of you getting involved. If I look at the stats of the church, since COVID, our numbers just went up. Our finances just went up. Every month, higher, higher, higher. December was our highest income ever. Everything is going up. People are just flooding in. I don't know what they see here. Because it's not good preachers. Uh, when I talk about me, maybe with Trevor and Francois, I mean, last week you blown us out of the water. That was amazing. But I'm not supposed to preach nice preachers. We're supposed to equip you so that you can go and change people's lives there. So I ask you, let this year, let us go amongst the world. Go and live amongst the world and live Jesus Christ and reflect Him so much that the way we live will convince them that Jesus is the answer. Then we bring them into the church and then we train them. Because revival is not going to take place out there. Revival is going to take place here. So I don't want anybody to miss. So if you want this unsaved, get saved in revival, bring them to where it's going to happen. Here, in church. Let's get that straight. So how will we know if we... Yeah, I'm almost done. How will we know if we have been successful. How will we know? Galatians 5.22 You will see the fruit in our lives. A tree is known by its fruit. Don't come and tell me of your wonderful ministry, how many people you raised of the dead. I want to see the fruit. And if you do not see fruit in my life, I'm giving you the, 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 the legal right today to come and speak to me. And say, MZ, I don't see that fruit of Galatians 5.22 in your life. Sort it out. I didn't carry good fruit over December. Because my son put the house in the market. And I got upset about it. And I made an idol out of it. And I had to let it go. So whatever happens, I'm holding on to a word Trevor gave me. God says, I've got it. I've got it. So Lord, you've got it. Whenever you want to tell me where I'm, whatever. Whatever. But let's bear good fruit. Let's bear good fruit. So, 
Can we commit ourselves to one another? Because we're in the same army. So I want you just to hold hands with whoever. Just everybody hold hands with one another. Across the, just shift that everybody. I want everybody in touch with a person. <laughs> Try to rub out that. Okay. Everybody is in touch with somebody. I want to pray first before we go back into worship. Lord Jesus, here we come as a church. And we come and we ask, Lord, we commit ourselves to you and to your kingdom. But we also today commit ourselves to one another. And say, Lord Jesus, knit us together in unity. Help us to train one another, Lord. Help us to have peace with one another. To walk with one another. To strengthen one another. So that we can be more effective. So that your church can bring glory to you, Jesus. We now offer ourselves to you. We give ourselves to one another. And we say, come Lord, do what you need to do. Holy Spirit, just come and touch our lives. Just come and touch our lives. Thank you, Lord. Can I have the worship team upstage? Can I just ask this? While the worship team is coming up, then I'm going to give to you, Eugene. Um,